Hey guys, what's up? Here is my interview with Jackie Vinay. You might know Jackie Vinay for, from her work as the really horny and vivacious and assertive teenager Joan in Fear Street Part 2. If you've seen Fear Street Part 2, hopefully you will, you liked her performance in that. I remember watching her her work in Fear Street Part 2 along with the other ensemble cast. They're, they're so, that was my favorite installment of the three. I loved each of the movies, but the second one was my favorite Loved her performance in that as well. And I wondered, actually watching her, I was excited to see more movies from her down the pike. Wish fulfilled. There is a new movie called The Surprise Visit. She co-stars in that film with veteran actor Eric Roberts. During the interview, I asked her about working with Eric Roberts. I asked her about her life as an actor and pretty much growing up in, she grew up in Reno, Nevada. I'm so horrible. I'm thinking, I know LA, New York, and Chicago. I need to know more about, I'm thinking, is Reno in Nevada? Of course it is. I've been to Lake Tahoe as well once in my life. I have not traveled anywhere. Oh, yeah, I used to live in Minnesota. I, you know, I, I lived in Edina, Minnesota for maybe, for about a year and a half. Other than that, my knowledge of the U.S. is horrible. I'm a horrible human being. I apologize. But anyways, Jackie Vinay, she grew up in Reno and... About five or six years ago, she moved to Los Angeles to pursue her career as an actress. And, you know, within several years, she landed that role, Fear Street Part Two. I think that movie was actually shot maybe a couple of years ago. Last year, she shot The Surprise Visit with Eric Roberts in the middle of the pandemic. I asked her about shooting during COVID times, the challenge of doing that as well. The interview is about 25 to 28 minutes around that time. Really interesting interview. Hopefully, Jackie Vinay goes further in her career. Really love talking to her. She's very artistic. She also talks about a short film she just recently completed with a fellow collaborator. So there's that. So also the surprise visit. Based on a true story, interesting film. It it has crime elements to it. I don't want to give too much away. She plays a meth addict, and she talks about this in the interview. She's a meth addict. She's with... She saddled up with a guy who is a fellow drug addict, and they're both going on a very, very, not a very promising path. And they need money to survive, or, well, not just to survive, but probably she wants to actually lead a straight life, and he he believes that he's he wants to lead a straight life, but addiction is, is a beast. And sometimes you're, uh, the addiction will get the best of you, and this movie, it's a crime drama, and... Eric Roberts plays the father of her boyfriend. And yeah, interesting film. Interesting things happen. There's a twist. It's I don't want to give too much away about the surprise visit. I also asked her about the ending, which was a bit, to me, a little bit of, it was ambiguous and pretty interesting the way they shot it. And she talks about the ending as well. And I'm going to save that for members of our Cinematics Patreon group. Also, I talked to her about a certain scene she she shot in Fear Street Part 2, and I'm going to leave that for the Patreon listeners as well. I'm going to upload that this weekend. But anyways, if you like Jackie Vinay in Fear Street Part 2 or want to learn more about this actress, check out the interview as well, coming soon. And then last but not least, our buddy, our cinematics buddy, and my Find Your Film co-host, Bruce Perky, stepped in for me last minute to do to take part in the virtual press day for this new animated film called Bell. Bell, like the, the surprise visit, hits theaters January 14th in theaters on demand. Bell hits theaters 
and some of them IMAX. Hold on, let me cough. Hold on one second. Bell will be showing in various IMAX theaters and select theaters January 14th. And it's right now Bruce Perky. Bruce Perky gave the movie five stars and I give it four stars. I really enjoyed it as well, but he, he considers this movie a classic, a really excellent film. And he had a chance to interview the director. I'm thinking I was spelling his name the whole day. I don't even know how to really pronounce it. Let me look at him right right now. So yeah, this guy's name, it's so hard to pronounce, in my opinion. M-A-M-O-R-U. Mamoru and Hosoda. H-O-S-O-D-A. Mamoru Hosoda is the writer-director behind Bell. And Bruce participated in this virtual press day along with four or five other journalists. They had the, the filmmaker for about, about 25 minutes. So Bruce was only able to get one question in, but it was a very, very good question. He asked the filmmaker about the difference between the way reality and virtual reality is portrayed in this film. And Belle centers on this lonely girl named Suzu. She is very sheltered and she is depressed in her real life because she suffered a loss early, early in her life. And she escapes. The way she escapes is she pretends to be a singer. Her digital avatar in the virtual universe is a singer named Bell, and this performer instantly gets millions and millions of followers or people love to see her in this virtual world called simply called you the virtual world is called you so bell centers on suzu's journeys in life in reality as well as this i i guess what is zuckerberg calling it now the metaverse let's just call it the metaverse well in this movie it's called the virtual world of you so bruce perky was able to ask mamoru Soda, a really interesting question about Bell's universe. All right, so here is the interview with Jackie Vinay for the surprise visit, and then after that, I'm going to splice. I'm not splicing anything. I'm just, it'll transition to Bruce's question to the filmmaker, and the filmmaker doesn't speak English, or actually, I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but he had a translator during the virtual press day. So you're going to, it's actually one question, but the whole conversation lasts because of the translator about three, four minutes. Just FYI. Thanks again for listening to Cinematics. Me and Anderson will be back next week to cover the rest of January. Thanks again, guys. Love you all and happy movie watching. Hey everyone, this is Greg Srizavosti with Cinematics. I am here with this wonderful actor, Jackie Vinay. Okay, so I actually looked on YouTube to how to properly pronounce your name, and I, I, I let other people do the missteps because I'm usually the one doing the missteps, so it's Vinay. First off, I wanted to ask you about the surprise visit. The idea within the last two years that a lot of people, a lot of productions are being shot in the time of the pandemic. So for you going from, I go I guess maybe Reno, Tahoe, or Las Vegas, I mean, uh, Los Angeles, to going to where you're shooting in the middle of the pandemic, how much of a challenge just from the get-go was it for you to shoot? Where did you guys shoot? At Middlesburg or something? Where yes, Middlesburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So can you just start off with just the challenge of doing that, just going going across, going across the U.S. and then also around that time? Yes, it was kind of surprising that we were able to pull off what we did, I think, because it was kind of in the earlier stages of the pandemic. But this script calls for a very small cast, and a lot of it was shot outside, which was amazing on this huge, beautiful property in Middlesburg, Virginia, when the leaves were turning yellow and orange and there were all these vineyards it's a beautiful part of the country that i totally recommend anyone to go and visit but we had to stay super super safe and take lots of tests 
and there wasn't a lot of chatting indoors at all even outdoors it was kind of just give everybody their space and it was nice because we had I had time to you know listen to my music and go into my own zone so that was kind of the protocol you know the movie is an indie film that said you're talking about being shooting in the property was it what was it like to shoot amidst all that wide open space and that nature? And even though it's an indie, there's a lot of really interesting locations. You you're really literally having having to go from point A to point B throughout, especially th through the third act of the narrative. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of running in this film. We did um, a lot of yeah, a lot of running pretty much, and it was magical. I love being outside. I the the weather was almost perfect. Sometimes a little cold, sometimes a little rainy, but it was a huge property with a river running through it, and um, yeah, huge trees. I loved it. I could not have asked for a better location for myself. I don't want just I don't want you to pat yourself on the back, but just as far as being an actor, the idea of seeing your name front and center when the front credits roll. I mean, you know, obviously acting and filmmaking is a team sport, a mm -hmm. team craft. But was that kind of a cool moment for you? I actually haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I really I am excited to. Yeah, I don't I don't know what happened there, but I don't really love seeing the stuff I do, especially when I have to do interviews and stuff. It, um, I'm a little bit more self-deprecating, I think, than necessary. So it's nice to I mean, I don't know. I'll probably get over that hopefully in my career, but I'm so grateful and so excited. It is a lovely feeling even just talking about it. I don't know what it is, if it's my ego being like, yeah, or what, but Something about the idea of being able to see myself on a big screen, someone can go buy a ticket and see it is really magical. You know, I was listening to some of your past interviews on YouTube and reading up on you a little bit, and you and I are sort of uh, two sides of a different coin. I was raised in LA since 10, so if it doesn't have concrete or smog threatening my actual breathing, <laughs> then I don't feel like a human being, whereas you, <laughs> whereas you growing up, I'm assuming Reno in the now Tahoe, can you just talk about the flip of what's it like to not grow up in the city where smog isn't filling your lungs, and what is the joy of that? Because for me, anything that's living that's not human, I, I get scared of. So can you tell <laughs> listeners about the flip side of that experience? Oh, yeah. I love growing up in nature. It made me who I am today. I, My dad um, grew up as a veterinarian's assistant, and one of my sisters is now becoming a veterinarian, and we are just animal lovers. We had horses. We had a pony. We had pigs. We had cows. We had chickens, and all these were just our friends. We didn't eat them. Um, we just took care of them and played with them, and we had lizards and frogs and um. I was always outside and all of us were, my mom would just be like, okay, be back before dark. And we'd be off running into the woods or um, the rolling hills and the imagination that you can just explore with. We used to play Harry Potter. We'd make it up. We'd just break sticks off branches or witches and make potions out of mud. And I think that's honestly where my idea of storytelling really started to blossom was just being able to play and explore. And nature is just a canvas for you to imagine. You know, there's acting, you know, obviously you're in your early 20s, I believe, right now, but you're talking about breaking sticks, Harry Potter. <laughs> is does acting does that keep you in touch with your I guess in 
not to be too uh, therapeutic or uh, therapy here, but does it keep you in touch with that inner child? Because children, it seems to have the best imagination. My five-year-old niece is much more imaginative, than, has much more imagination than I do at 50. So can you speak to that level? Does this craft help you get to that, that place? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, as kids, we, or at least in my experience, kids, we like to dress up and we like to pretend and acting is just not having to really grow up. You get to play pretend and you get to dress up. And I think it's the most magical thing in the world that I get to make it my career and be a kid in a lot of different ways. It doesn't mean there's not a lot of focus and energy and work and discipline that goes into it. It's not to say it's taken lightly, but it is so much play and I do get to play as like a kid. So yeah. There is some play in the surprise visit, but this is a different kind of play. Can you just talk about the character and and immersing yourself in someone who's completely different than who you are? It's a completely different situation that any of us would ever want to be. How does one prepare for that? And what was that journey like for you and just in the big picture of things? Well, thank you for thinking it's not nothing like me. <laughs> yeah, she is a uh, a meth addict. And I was really excited to play someone that was so much different from me. And it's um, addiction is something that uh, affects almost everybody I know in some way, shape or form. Um, either, either we know somebody who knows somebody or you yourself have struggled with it or your mom or your dad or your brother. So many circumstances, uh, especially in our culture today. And I really wanted to get in touch with that. I watched a lot of this YouTube series, documentary series called Soft White Underbelly of this photographer, videographer guy who goes and interviews real life people who struggle with a lot of different things in life, a lot being addiction to hardcore drugs. So getting into that headspace, it's it's very dark and um, emotional. You know, I feel I feel so deeply for people affected by it. It's a very, um, you know, dark path to go down. And there's a lot of compassion that I have for anyone affected by addiction. Maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into this visit, but the idea of that, of you know, the, of addiction, that crime itself is not just some premeditated thing. There are things that just happen in the midst of addiction and desperation that mm-hmm. even whether you're a bad guy or a bad person or not, there's no, can you talk to the, the fact that there's really no black and white in many ways in the story? If you really, you're talking about compassion, if you really d- delve into the story. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're, they're really... There's not, I don't think there's many circumstances that do show a super black and white um, outcome of who's right and who's wrong, especially when you're in the moment, you're under the influence of things and your life has kind of just built you up to this point. And uh, it's, it, it, it makes you really do look at the world differently and say, you know, maybe these people in jail aren't inherently bad people. Maybe they were in the wrong situation at the wrong time and weren't necessarily given the tools to know how to react in a different way, Um, which doesn't make it okay. It just makes it more forgivable and can put us on a track to better heal ourselves and the people that we call victims. You know, um, just on a movie, I'm a huge movie buff and 
Me being 50, I grew up on Eric Roberts movies back in the 80s, 90s. He was a leading man. He was the Pope of Greenwich Village, the man. Just, I'm sure you're, you're a couple of generations removed, and I'm, but I'm not saying you're an idiot, okay? Or, or you're, you're not naive, but just wondering, did you have an idea of who you were acting across from? And did you do your research on this stuff? Or maybe your folks told you about Robert. And what is it like just having that kind of energy with such a real vet actor? Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> my dad is definitely someone who is an old, older movie buff. He is in his 60s and he loves old westerns, but, you know, die hard. Any of the kind of that genre generation he knows. So, and he doesn't know much, I think, about the pop culture. I do know he knows. He's just not as into it. So when I said, Eric Roberts and he his eyes kind of lit up he's like oh wow so that kind of made me feel like good <laughs> like I was like wow like um so yeah I definitely did my research I didn't try and get too far because I didn't want to get nervous if that makes sense I didn't want to um psych myself out because um I kind of wanted to put myself at some point some of a, a colleague-ish and not just a child next to him but it's so hard to feel not like a novice because I am and he's Eric Roberts <laughs> but um yeah no it was amazing being around him as soon as he walks onto set like his face is so recognizable and so chiseled like Eric like just off the tv screen or movie screen so it was really awesome being able to just see him in person and see how he works and he even told some um old Hollywood stories and that was just really fun so <laughs> yeah, you, you know what's it like for you just being as a young actor? You're you're coming up in the game, and then you you have this movie, and then you also have the success of the Fear Street series, and you know you yet it's such a juicy role in Fear Street Part Two. Now with some time elapse, what has that been like? Just getting that feedback from fans of of the series, and you know, just it must be a really important part in your life as well right now as an actor. Yeah, it's opened so many doors. It's been. Um, unreal, honestly, the fan base, uh, just that alone. Because when with these streaming platforms, it's kind of hard to and with everything being remote, it's kind of hard to get like a tangible grasp on what's real with popularity of things because things kind of elevate in popularity just on your own interests, if that makes sense. Things pop up that you like. So I don't know if I would kept seeing Fear Street on my feed and my Netflix recommendations just because <laughs> my friends were watching it or because it was really that popular. But eventually I realized it was it was really, really a popular show and just the fans that have taken to it and taken to Joan, it's been so wild and it still doesn't seem real. I'm just kind of like so grateful to be a part of it. And I love the movie so much. Again, maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but was it fun playing a character who you're going to either love or hate, but there, she has real agency of who she is? There's just – she just – I just love that, the fact that – was there was a joy for you just to play someone like that? Just Yeah, it was. It really was. I had some I, – I definitely had some trepidation or some intimidation with the sex scene Um because, you know, there's always that nervousness being on set. But I love the new perspective of the of in the film industry of women of it's her choice 
you know, she's doing it and taking advantage of that. Like you said, she has agency of who she is. And that really did propel me through it. And she is kind of her own person through the whole entire film. And no one can tell her otherwise. I really do. I, I love taking advantage of that. So like that nervousness at the beginning is kind of what propelled me into that character. You know, I, I think you moved to Los Angeles for a spell for maybe four, five, six years ago. And you said persistence is a big part of being an actor in this business. Where do you get that strength to keep on pushing forward? Because, you know, it just seems like um, from the outside looking in, seems like a very hard job. But I'm sure movies like The Surprise Visit and Fear Street Part 2 really help bolster some of that confidence. Yeah, I really do um, hope that you you kind of have to start to find the confidence on your own before you get those things. Um but it, it takes a while and I really don't know where it came from. It has to come from just pure passion, honestly, because like the passion just has to be a little bit more than the fear. Like I still have the fear right there, like, but I just have the passion a little bit more for some reason. So even if I do do th make mistakes and, you know, I or months I wasn't able to pay my rent, I just for some reason was really passionate about the life that I was making for myself. And I like, I love being an artist and um, I know that I was never really meant to be other things. I, if, if I wasn't going to be an actor, I was going to be a painter or something. So, which I am also. So it's just having passion, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, I just, uh, scroll down your IG feed. It's probably one of the more beautiful IG profiles I've seen. Oh my it's, God, thank you. It's, it, have you always had that visual eye? Because that just seems really, it's, it seems like a really big passion for you as far as composing a shot, the color palette of your photos, etc. It's not just obligatory like a common Joe like me, but <laughs> has that always been a big part of who you are, that visual sense of things? Yes, absolutely. I'm a very aesthetic person. Uh, I, I very much so love fashion. I love color palettes. Like you say, I love interior design. I love, um, I love the aesthetics of something that's pleasing to an eye. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. So I love, and I love when people put passion and thought into it. So like Wes Anderson, if you're familiar with him and directing, he puts so much passion into what things look like or euphoria, the color palettes and they are just stunning in the shots. And I, um, I in the short that I just directed and wrote, I definitely put a lot of thought into the colors and the shots. And yeah, thank you for noticing. That's so sweet. <laughs> now, okay, I also noticed it's obvious you said short that you just directed. How much work do you put into that? Especially now, everyone is either like me, paranoid and wearing masks and don't even want to talk to people. And then there's other people who are slowly going out into existence. How do you do yeah. a short right in the middle of this? And um, can you even tell our listeners or viewers what, what it's about or not? Yes, I actually just released it. So you can find it through my Instagram on YouTube. Um, but it's called Glitter and it's one of it's an artist song, Patrick Droney, a wonderful artist, and it's a beautiful song. And I actually just, just did it with one other person. So um, my friend who had a camera, I, I'd been wanting to make this short and I was like, I'm not going to have many other chances to do this. We didn't have we had zero budget and I didn't want to get the hassle of all the 
stuff going on with COVID. I didn't want to put anyone at risk. So I was like, let's just see what we can do. So like just the two of us. It's just going to be me and it. We ended up cutting a lot of stuff and changing it. Um, but I think it worked out for the best. And it's I, I'm so proud of it. We actually got into a film festival um, and just one so far haven't heard back we have like a year there's a long waiting process but um yes we just did very skeleton crew and went for it so maybe zoom out five to ten years from now is acting not just going to be a big that canvas you will you be putting your fingers in so many different parts of the process do you see yourself when you you call yourself an artist where do you see yourself five to ten years from now just dabbling or or following so many different disciplines is that what you yeah, think? I do. I do think so. I never thought that I'd go into the path of directing. I'm already doing so much writing that, um, you know, I'll be blessed to be holding a boom in the back of the shot. Still, if I can still be doing this, I'll be grateful. Um, but yeah, I would love to uh, get behind a camera and really do some big projects and um, do some meaningful work that just makes my heart sing and hopefully other people's too. You know, I, I've interviewed a lot of directors and writers over the years and some writers will say, oh, writing in filmmaking is my favorite part because I don't have to deal with people. It's no compromise. All your imagination is there before you. But then other writers say, no, I, I, I just really hate writing. It's just a means to an end to get to be with people to get to collaborate our visions together. I'm just wondering what part of that side as a writer do you see yourself in? Um, I, when I did the directing, I, I, I loved it so much. It was kind of hypnotic and the time just flew by as opposed to acting where sometimes the hours really drag on because you're waiting on so many other moving parts. You're really just a piece to the puzzle as in the waiting to be put placed as in, the director is putting all the pieces, the puzzle together themselves. And I like having a little bit of that control when it is something that's my image because I have very specific images and I see everything and I kind of want to have that control to do it. But I don't mind bouncing back and forth between different roles. I just, if I'm passionate about a story, I want to be able to have enough humility and understanding of the story to be able to take a step back and say, what should I be doing that tells the story the best? So if that means that someone else needs to direct or different writers need to come on, then I'm all for that. I just want to tell the story the best way it can be told. Jackie, for uh, podcast listeners, can you recommend one of your all-time favorite films and what is it about this specific film that still resonates with you today and um yeah I'm, I'm thinking you might even uh, pick some kind of wes anderson film just right off the top but anyway but you're, oh your choice but, yeah. um wow you know i'm gonna do two and i'm gonna go for one more popular one that's been one for a long time and a more recent one um I would go, I would say Interstellar is one of my all-time favorite movies. And um, I love the play with time and space. And um, I love how attentive you have to be when you watch it and how present it really makes you. And the soundtrack is stunning. And then for a newer one, I'm going to go for this movie that I recently saw called The Alpinist. And it's a documentary series or not series, documentary that was done by the same people of Free Solo. 
and that is also just living in the present without needing to be recognized for what you're doing because you're doing what you're doing because you love it and for no other reason. I love that documentary, but you know, it, I always I told the list, our listeners there's a big barrier to entry because it really depends on how you look at life. Are you going mm -hmm. to live life to the fullest knowing that tomorrow is never guaranteed whether you're 1 or 80? Can you speak to that theme? Oh is it gosh. something that you Oh, it tears such you a, up yeah. that movie. It tears you up and I totally feel you. You're left like, "Oh, well, he, stupid you wouldn't act like that if you really loved life and then another part said wow he really did love life so i bounce back and forth i definitely take a lot more rest and i'm easier on myself lately and i think that there's something to not needing to do everything every single second um but just enjoying your life in the peaceful quiet moments and trying to enjoy that and not fill it with uh, the need to always better yourself. Maybe I can just be okay with how I am right now. Maybe <laughs> I could try. Jay, a couple more questions. You know, I, I love LA. I'm an LA guy. Okay. But I don't mind when people bash LA and I'm not saying you're going to bash it, but is there an advantage to not, everyone says, LA is an industry town. You got to live right in the center of things. That's where things happen. But is there a sense that, well, you don't really have to do that. You can actually live a little bit outside of town, maybe in another state. It's not imperative. Where do you stand on this? Well, I, I do love LA. I can't be there 24-7 because it does um, make me a little bit too focused on things that aren't important for my career, as I've found out. Um and it's kind of harder to go into your cave as an artist and not be seen and kind of regenerate yourself. It's harder in LA. Um, so I would say that a mix between the two. It was super crucial for me to be there at the beginning of my career, at least for me, because it put me in. And whenever I'm in LA, I always take advantage of the the community that I have created for myself there of calling someone and say, Hey, you want to try and like make a cool song with this or something? Or, Hey, you want to film this and, or take some photos and talking to all people of different creative aspects because they all live in the hub of LA of LA. And that's super crucial and important. But, um, there is something to just drawing your own path and not worrying about the, the, the city life and what everyone's up to. And, whatever, what, what you're wearing and what you look like, there's, it's just not as important or going to a party and saying, what do you do? And you're like, well, I haven't done anything for six months, <laughs> but you try and make something up to feel good about yourself. So you just have to have a balance. And right now you don't necessarily need to be in LA because everything is remote. So that's something beautiful that's happening right now. But if you feel like you, it would help you really kickstart your career and really make some connections and friends that you can create with, then that's something to not take for granted. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And also as an audio person props, you are one of the 1% of quote unquote talent who actually uses their own mic. So props <laughs> on that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. What a great interview. Thank you. Hello. Uh, Thank you again for making such a beautiful and emotionally resonant movie. I was kind of blown away by this. Kind of going along the the, the question we just had, uh, I was struck by the fact that in your virtual world of you, 
you don't make it automatically a negative thing and you don't make the, the, I guess the quote real world, a negative, a positive thing necessarily. There's an intermix between the two. My question to you would be um, how did you balance and view the difference between the quote real world and the you world and how you wanted that to affect the viewer? あの今回本当にこの映画作っていただいてありがとうございますすごく素敵なビジュアル的にもそうですしまあそういう感情的な映画だったと思います、うんうん、先ほどの質問からあの、まあ、追加という形で聞くんですけど、うんうん、すごいバーチャルの世界を 100% あのネガティブな描き方をせずで同時にそのいわゆる現実世界っていうものを、まあ、100% ポジティブじゃないようにも描きつつ、うん、結構そこら辺のバランスをうまく取れてると私は感じたんですが、うんまあ、それってなんか監督の中でどういうふうにやっぱり整理されているのかなそのバーチャル世界の見せ方とあの、うんまあ、いわゆる現実世界の見せ方。これはねなんかすごいやっぱりこうなんかこう,こうインターネットの描写みたいなことをこの自分もまあそのインターネットを舞台にして映画を作ってるんで他の、ね、あの映画監督が作った作品を見るんですけどもなんかこうねなんか二項対立的な描き方が多い気がするんですよ。つまりその、なんだろう、あの現実はつまんないけども、インターネットの世界は素晴らしいとか、まあ、もしくはインターネットの世界はまあ嘘にまみれてひどい世界なんで、人間性を失ってるから、えー、っと現実に戻れとかねあのあ、自然に戻れとか、昔に戻れとかっていうようなこととか、なんかこうね、どっちがいい悪いみたいなことをなんか言うんだけどもあの僕が思うにはやっぱりどっちの世界にも両方いい面悪い面があるっていうことなんですね。この映画っていうのは「美女と野獣」がベースになってるけど「美女と野獣」っていう曲っていうねあま反対なものが同時に存在する世界っていうふうなことなんであの今回の「ベル」っていう映画はまあ,あらゆるところでこう2つの,あのなんだろう世界のなんか対比みたいなことを、えー、とどのアングルにおいても、あのー、そういうふうに見えるように、あのー、え作りました、あのーまあ、それはその、えー、とバ,バーチャルと現実的対比だけじゃなくてさまざ、あ、まあ、な学生の、まあ、恋愛模様についてもそ,のそうだし親子の関係においてもあのまあ、全然別の親子関係がそれぞれ描かれてるみたいなで、まあ、そういうようなことをの中であのこの映画の何て言うかあのその、まあ、なんだ変化する社会の中で僕らはどうやって生きていくかみたいなことをなんか描けたらいいなと思ったんですね、まあ、誰か、まあ、何かを悪者にするわけじゃなくてそういう中で、まあ、何か、まあ、サバイブしていく現代をサバイブしていくにはあのまあ、どうするかってことについての映画だと。Because I have made a few films myself、uh, using the internet as a, a backdrop, I tend to watch other films that also take this idea of a virtual world or that take the theme of the internet and tries to add some commentary to it. And oftentimes I noticed it's very extreme, the, the narrative or the message that I think the author or creator is trying to. Deliver, which perhaps、uh, the real world is really boring, but when I go into the internet, it's this vast, wondrous space and world, or the opposite narratives I often see where the internet is this evil thing that strips us of our humanity and we need to return back to nature and go offline. 
and the narratives are oftentimes very extreme, but I wanted to, in my movie, take into account the good and bad sides of both. And the story by which this movie is inspired, Beauty and the Beast, also has these extremities that coexist. So whatever angle you look at this movie from, I wanted to make sure that there were different contrasting elements sort of pulling at each other, the virtual world versus reality, the sort of student romance, the relationship between parent and child. There are multiple contrasts simultaneously occurring. And what I, I felt was that in a very kind of shifting and, and changing society, it's really hard to figure out, well, how do we live? What's the answer? But Hopefully this movie will help people in some ways come up with their own answer of how to navigate the uh, present day kind of social constructs that we have.